Hello, friends, and welcome to episode number 191 of Bat Flips and Maple Dips. It's Patrick here in Halifax, Nova Scotia. He's Justin out in Saskatoon, Saskatchewan. Beautiful weather here on the East Coast, by the way. Three days in a row. You'll love to see it. How's uh, Saskatoon? Windy. It's the, the forecast the past three days has literally just said wind. <laughs> um, but it's been nice. It's, it's mid, low 20s, so we'll take it. Yeah, that's not bad. Yeah, haven't had to have had to use the air conditioning one day so far this summer. Um, whereas we've last, already had it for like a week. Yeah, last <laughs> last summer in our old place because we we bought a house over the winter, obviously, but we didn't we didn't have air conditioning in our old place that we were renting, and there were like three week periods last year where it was in the thirties, and we just we roasted like I was like I was a I was a cooked ham or a cooked roast in the oven. Uh, you could have stuck a thermometer in me and I would have been like well done um, it would have been very tasty for a, 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 a tribe of cannibals in some remote island somewhere what um, where is this going I want to <laughs> talk about food about... I told you I want to talk about food today so I know I'm getting, you I'm got getting, food I'm on the brain this week I'm yeah, so excited we're bringing back the food segment at the start I'm so excited I don't know, but, how, but... How, I don't know if I'd say bringing it back we're talking about food <laughs> we're bringing it back we're going to talk about food it's inevitable. <laughs> Let me get all the uh, uh, basic yeah, okay. boilerplate stuff out of the way. All if right. you like, if you like what we do, ladies and gentlemen and others, uh, we are on Twitter at BFMD Podcast. Go ahead and DM or tweet us your questions. Uh, we love to get questions. I love questions. Okay. Yeah. Uh, Go ahead and ask them. Please. Happy Happy Pride Month, by the way. Yeah, I was gonna. Oh, you're always stealing my thunder. You're such an asshole. I was gonna do that at the start. Oh, I'm sorry. Anyway, we're on Anchor. At, we're on Anchor, Apple, Spotify, and wherever you get your podcast. You really fucked up my intro, dude. It's yep. really That's I'm what I so. Uh, BFMD is the website. Go ahead and send us whatever. Um, low effort memes are beloved. So go ahead and send those. Uh, thanks for taking the time to listen to the episode. Please leave us a review or star rating to help more people find us because we like having an audience. Um, let's, yeah. Okay. Pride Month is here. Yes. Um, hashtag love is love. Hashtag uh, trans rights are human rights. I'm, I'm a big advocate in favor of LGBTQ rights and equality. Yeah, anybody who isn't is outdated and an asshole. Yeah, and an asshole. Yeah. Let's leave it at let's leave it at that. Uh, I want to say one thing too. I was at the uh, Canadian Elite Basketball League game here in Saskatoon last night, oh. and they did they did Pride Night, and they had a a drag performance at halftime, and it was awesome. It was it was fantastic. Oh man, that sounds awesome. Yeah, it was I'm great. Jealous. Yeah. We I think we have a CEBL or we had a CEBL team here in Halifax, but we don't anymore. It was the Halifax. Uh, some things they're gone or they're I don't know what happened to them. Um, so I'm jealous. It used to be the Halifax Rain Men, and then they were folded, and then we had the Halifax something or others. Uh, and they're gone now too. Yeah, Newfoundland still has a team. The Newfoundland Growlers. I think I'm going to be a fan of the Newfoundland Growlers now because I love their logo. It's basically the Vegas Knights, uh, Golden Knights, if it was a dog. It's just, it's <laughs> perfect. 
a lot of Canadian players uh, in the league. You know, the head coach of the Newfoundland Growlers is 38-year-old Patrick Ewing Jr. I hmm. love that. Interesting. I know. The, the, the legacy that the Ewings have in basketball runs deep. Um, that's just cool to me. Anyway, that's, all right, that's, go that's, Growlers. That's, actually, that's, that's, a super, that's a super fun fact, actually. I like that. That is actually really cool. This is our first season, too. The Growlers. I got to get into this now. Um, I'll never be able to see a game in person because I'm not going to Newfoundland. <laughs> but wow, I will not even them. not even a real fan. Come on. Well, what am I supposed to do? Fly <laughs> to Newfoundland? I'm just messing with you. Go Growlers. All right, uh, we got that out of the way. What was the next thing we we're gonna do? Oh, food. you have you have something you want to say about food? I do. So I'm just gonna sit back. And I want you to educate me on food. Well, I'm not sure if it's really an educational statement. And based on what you've written in the sheet, we're going to be talking about the same thing, I think. Um, so obviously we all know that there's like a a rising cost with food and everything, really. But food especially, and especially the cost of meat is going up. Yeah. So my girlfriend and I are making a an effort to eat maybe like two less meals of meat a week because i i like i have meat like every day like i'm a i am a carnivore to the bone yeah um but it's too expensive to do that unless you're gonna go out and hunt or like i have i have an uncle who ranches unless you're gonna like buy a cow <laughs> and butcher it yourself and like have all that done it's like meat is insanely expensive to buy from like a grocery store right now so we're trying to eat like more like more like black beans, more lentils. So this this week on oh god, what day was it now? Two days ago, I guess, Tuesday. Yeah, Tuesday. I made a lentil bolognese and it was great. Made some pasta, threw that on there. Basically like uh it was like it was meat sauce without the meat, and actually I quite enjoyed it. I haven't had too many lentil based meals in my life. But uh yeah, it was it was good. So we'll we'll try again. And uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna be trying to eat less meat and hopefully save a little bit of money. Cause yeah, you can buy like a bag of lentils for like a dollar sixty nine at grocery stores here. Nice. And yeah, super nice. And we used half of that bag to make the meal. Versus to make meat sauce, you would need like a pound or two of like ground beef or ground turkey or whatever meat you're using. Which would be like twenty bucks. <laughs> yeah, at least. I'm all about that. I'm so. all about that. I I'm actually, I'm actually very surprised that we have the exact same thing to say. Yeah, when you started typing that in our in our prep sheet, I was like, well, fuck. Now he's stealing my thunder. <laughs> no, no, no. You were always you were gonna go first. I'm just fucking with you because I do it to you every time. <laughs> That's true, but it's just funny because I had this conversation a couple times this week. Yeah, where I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm making an active effort uh, to at least, at least four of the seven dinner meals mm -hmm. uh, per week to be no meat." Right now, I probably don't eat as healthy as you do. Not to say that I'm out here like stuffing my face with junk food every day, probably like every few days, but like. I'm working on getting in shape. I lost weight. I lost 12 pounds so far this month. Hell yeah, brother. 
So far this month, it's only, it's only the second. Or, or sorry, this uh, this year, this year, this year, this year. Nice, congrats on that, <laughs> by the way. Twelve pounds from there. I'm I'm dehydrated as fuck. That's why. Yeah. I'm on my deathbed. You have a zero water weight in you right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, my fat has abs. No, it, no, no, no. But for real, I've been working on this for a while. Um, there was a. I don't know that I'd ever be able to be full vegetarian, but I'm working. Oh God, really... I would. I would die. I think. I think I I would be like a sad person. I need like a I need a steak. I need a burger. I need like some chicken every now and then. I love chicken. Um, like yeah, but like I yeah I, I don't know if I'd be able to do it. That being said, I'll say this to everybody out there who's like concerned that we're like posers or whatever. <laughs> Listen, it's if if you unless you were vegan from the time that you were born, it's it it's not necessarily the easy transition you would think. No God, it no. takes a lot of time and effort and planning and learning how to cook and honestly it's almost like a philosophical shift it doesn't happen overnight and the more that you become adversarial with people who are trying to make this change uh you create divides in the community so don't be one of those people who is like oh well you're not vegan now you're an asshole (laughs) you're being the asshole you're the asshole so we're making the, the concentrated effort here to reduce our meat consumption. Uh, my my lunches are usually, they have some meat in them, but I'm planning on working on getting that to a point where there would be zero meat in my lunches. And m- almost all my breakfasts, I'm trying to get away from cereal. I maybe have cereal once or twice oh, a week. I eat cereal every day. <laughs> uh, I'm at the point where it's usually a smoothie three to five times a week uh and cereal twice and sometimes right. i i'm t- t- stupid and i skip breakfast Oof. like an idiot but i'll but it's mostly smoothies and those smoothies obviously don't have meat in them and neither does my cereal <laughs> lunch is the tough one because usually around lunch i get really tired yeah and i've been kind of abusing drinking caffeinated beverages to kind of <sighs> kind of you know get me up and those probably have plenty of sugar in them too i'd imagine they don't well coke zero has no sugar in oh it. yeah you're, you're but even man. still i'm still i'm trying to wean myself off like i haven't had a non coke zero or zevia soda in a really long time like i won't drink them anymore i had one a few months ago and it was or maybe it was last month last month was may right that does typically come before June, yeah. Yeah, it was like early May. I had a, a I think it was a Dr. Pepper. Uh, Not a Dr. Pepper, Diet Dr. Pepper. Regular Dr. Pepper, and I was like, this is undrinkable. Yeah, it is, because Dr. Pepper is garbage. Well, no, but even if even if it... I understand what you're you. saying. I'm just... Yeah. No, no, no. What I'm saying is, like, it's, I drank it, and I was like, this is too sugary. It took me three days to drink it. Yeah. And then when I was done, I was like, that wasn't worth it. So I just went back to drinking these little 200 milliliter cans of Coca-Cola Zero Sugar. Mm-hmm. And eventually I'll be completely weaned off of them. I've been drinking the Zevia sodas and they're pretty good. And what, they... is, what is that? I've never heard of that. Zevias? Yeah, I'm going to have to look it up uh, here. This is, how's it spelled? Is it an X? Z-E-V-I-A. They're zero calorie beverages. Must um, be an East Coast thing. I've never seen these anywhere. They sell in the U.S. and in Canada. Interesting. Yeah, um, I, don't, I don't think they're I've very seen these. small. Is they it started new? in L.A. Of course they did. 
how long has this been around i've never seen these before all zevia products are zero calorie sugar-free gluten-free vegan certified kosher and certified by non-gmo gmo project uh they they have a very muted taste and it takes a while to get used to them but i feel like the more that i drink them the less i'm like i don't give a fuck about going back to drinking sugary swill ever again they do sell them in saskatoon i'm looking on their canadian website right now i recommend i like the black cherry interesting yeah um i recommend that i also recommend their uh, lemon lime right there are like a better version of sprite where sprite tastes like like a sugary fucking i don't know there there are three times or three three instances where i will drink a a pop one is with liquor which i don't drink very often one is at the movie theater i always have a fanta at the movies i love orange soda all right orange pop i'll give it to you yeah or i'll have it at a a sports match like i had a i had a seven Mm. up last night because Mm. when you go to any professional sporting event it's usually cheaper to buy a soft drink than it is to buy a bottle of water and if it's a, a venue where you're not allowed to bring your own refillable water in, like a refillable yeah. bottle in, then I'll just buy I'll buy I'll buy a large soda there because it's it's less expensive than buying a, a bottle of water, which is ridiculous. But I recommend um, that's the three places where I'll have I never I know I'll never just have like a can of Coke at home or something. I don't do that. I will. I do that. I'm really bad at that. I also but don't like drink a, coffee either. You're, no I don't caffeine. either. Yeah. You're healthier than me, and we we everybody knows that, and that's fine. I'm working on it. Yeah. But like I would recommend um I'm going through their basic flavors. I've tried all of them. Their cola's boring. The root beer is okay. Yeah. Uh ginger ale is good. Black cherry is really good. The cream soda is like a muted like if you've had the sugary version of like it's okay. If you're gonna drink cream soda though, don't get Zevia. Get no, an actual I would, cream I would soda. get like a crush or something. Cherry colas, whatever. They have a Dr. Pepper ripoff called Dr. Zevia, and it, I think it's dump. I think it's trash. <laughs> um, grape is really good, but again, it's a, like a muted flavor. Uh, orange is good. Lemon Lime Twist is so good. It's so quenching. To anyone listening to this episode, we have not been paid by Zevia for Patrick to rattle off every I know. I'm like just chilling the shit out of this. It's good. <laughs> and then they have like these other like stupid ass flavors for like kids and stuff, but whatever. Um, I love it. Uh, you should all try it. Um, but also try... I've tried both the Beyond Beef Burger and the Impossible Burger. And they i love them both for yeah, different reasons we got these patties from it was so it was like an eight pack at costco they're veggie patties how much were they i don't know they're probably super cheap Terry bought them um they're expensive out on the east i Coast had to too. i i paid seven dollars for two burgers today. yeah beyond beef i've Time heard is, is super expensive but or beyond meat whatever the fuck it's called i don't I've never beyond had i've never meat. had a beyond meat burger before uh, and, good, and these were these these veggie patties that Taryn bought were the first ones that I had tried. I'm telling you, they weren't very good. <laughs> I'm telling you, get go out and buy yourself just a, a two pack of Beyond Beef and fry them up. I'm telling you, man, they taste better than hamburgers. I'm yeah, not see, kidding. See, I'm I, not blowing I, I typically like buy ground beef and make my own burger patties. Yep. 
um, with so I could season them the way I like and that kind of thing. And so yep. I, I, I don't, I, I don't think that they would be better than the ones that I can make for myself because they're tailored to my personal preference. But I, I will, I will indulge you if I, if I remember to. <laughs> I, I, I feel very strongly about it. I feel like you will try it and you'll be like, dude, this is really good. By the way, the reason why it's called Zevia, I think, is because what the instead of using sugar, it's stevia. Oh, I see. And um, that's what it is. But yeah, anyway, moral of the story, we're eating less meat. I, If anyone out there that listens to the show has any good like lentil-based uh, meal ideas, feel free to send them to us. I, I would like to know what you are. The Rock would like to know what you're cooking. I'll tell you one. <laughs> Make yourself a, a lentil dal soup. Ooh, I do like a good soup. We have been buying vegan soups, too. Uh, just this past week, I picked up... Uh, fuck, what was it? Curried sweet potato. Vegan. Yeah. Frozen. We had that uh, last Friday, I think. It was, it was amazing. Right. Uh, and then I also bought uh, Sarah, her favorite... Which is a mushroom soup. She loves mushrooms. I do like mushrooms too. I love mushrooms. Yeah. This yeah. is a vegan mushroom soup. And then I bought two more from a different store that are a little bit smaller. Ginger sweet potato and a lentil dal. Mm. And I'm really looking forward to trying both of them. Yeah, it's anybody out there who likes vegetables. I love vegetables. But you can get these cool pans that you can use on like a, a barbecue. So I have like a grill pan. So I'll cut up peppers. I'll chop mushrooms cauliflower broccoli carrots onions and i'll put them all in this grill pan i'll shake them in italian dressing and then you can grill them for like 15 20 minutes like way better than steaming because it's it's just it's like the best vegetables you'll ever have i'm telling you did i pronounce that right lentil doll 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 is it dal or i don't i don't know i it's i'm not i'm I'm new to this lentil industry me too. Um, lentils are new. lentils are big. There's a lot of a lot of farmers out here that are growing lentils these days because we export a lot to like India and places like that. Can we talk about um, how basmati rice is the best type of rice, or are we not ready to do that? I I do enjoy basmati. I don't know if it's my favorite. Um, is it jasmine? Jasmine rice. Jasmine is, is good. I like it. I just like whatever whatever the sticky rice is that you get at like a Chinese food restaurant that you can eat with chopsticks. I like sticky rice. I don't know. You'd have to educate me a little the... bit on that. I've I've had jasmine rice, I've had basmati rice, and then like the regular old I get I don't know like plain just, rice, and then yeah, like the whole grain like boiled. Uncle Ben's or whatever. Rice. It's just Ben's now. It's not called Uncle because ben. Uncle Ben's is racist. I'm sorry, I didn't. I it's, it's okay. I, I I said Uncle Ben's the other day too. And apparently, it's just Ben's now. I wasn't aware. I of the swear, day. I didn't know that. I'm no, so I I just found out like this week. So okay. Well, I you promise know, I'll never call it that ever again. I did not know that. Yeah, it's it's not not a big deal. I'm just telling you that it's just Ben's now. Apparently, I haven't even seen it. They have like a new logo or something. I'm assuming okay. they do. But okay. Uh, well, but yeah. Anyway, you know, you, you've been educated today. Yeah, I'm educated now. I'm better now, and now I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> anyway, that was the food topic. Um, let's talk about baseball because we've spent like what 19 minutes talking about food, basically. So I don't even care. It was worth it. It was worth it. Yeah, but I'm serious. If you, if any listeners out there have good lentil or plant based recipe ideas, please DM me. Uh, just be at the FMD podcast. 
and uh, or email us bfmdpodcast at gmail.com and send us your sweet ass recipe ideas because I want them. I will make them and I will send you a picture back of how terrible it looks. Because I, I, I don't know, I just feel like it's more difficult to cook without meat because I don't know what it should look like without meat. So, like, am I doing it right? Am I mixing my ingredients correctly? I need to know. Anyway, baseball. Yes. Uh, before we get into the the eight-game winning streak that the Blue Jays are on after the sweep with the White Sox, I want to talk about a couple of things first. The first thing I can tell is, is breaking news. Uh, everyone's favorite, love-to-hate-em baseball reporter, Boob Nightingale, has tweeted about the Blue Jays, which is a bad a bad sign because now we're going to lose every game for the remainder of the season. It's the classic Boob Nightingale curse, he said. I don't know if that's going to happen. The Blue Jays are rolling, winning their eighth consecutive game, and have the third best record in the AL with a 30-20 and 20 record. And everybody in the replies has been like, wow, come on, Bob. <laughs> How could you? And everyone else in their private the replies is saying, like, the Blue Jays have lost eight games in a row trying to, like, reverse the jinx. So, um, yeah, because Bob is a curse. Anyway, that's I Bob. Jeff, I thought... Jeff Passan was the guy. They all are. Any any time a, a baseball reporter, like a, a major one, like a Passan or a Rosenthal or a Boob says something about a team, they tend to do the exact opposite for a while. Um, but yeah, so that's that's Bob. Um, Hunjin Ryu's on the IL again. Left forearm inflammation. Same thing as he was on last time. He had imaging done this morning. He had exited his start yesterday after four innings, and we all thought it was just because the third time of the order was coming up. Nope, turns out he was feeling something. Uh, so hopefully that he can get that sorted. Obviously, he wasn't ready to come back this last time, if that's the case, because I just feel like it wouldn't have flared up in two starts. But luckily for Blue Jays, we have a guy named Ross Stripling on the roster who can just slot right back into that rotation for a couple of turns and do what Stripling does and hopefully give them four or five innings for a couple starts. Yeah, yeah. Stripling, I'm always going to be pro Stripling. I can't help myself. <laughs> Stripling is the kind of pitcher who requires like routine innings. He can't just sit on the bench and be ice cold. Like He's got to get regular innings. So I'm really excited for him to get a chance to, again, come back into the rotation, come back in, throw 75 pitches, hopefully get us four innings of quality work. Uh, typically has been. We've seen a, some improvement from him lately, and we'll talk about that when we talk about the White Sox series. Or I guess we're already there. Are we? Yeah, I guess so. Um, not, a, not, a, not a terrible outing against the Angels on the 29th, but he had a great performance Uh June the 1st, he got 2.2 innings for us, gave up three hits. He left a couple guys on uh, when he left that game, uh, but the pen was able to just close it up. It was Phelps who came in, closed it up. But Strips is the kind of guy who needs work. You can't leave him on the bench, and you, they want to keep him stretched out, so they haven't really had too many opportunities for him to do bulk. And when he's getting in there, he's doing four, five, six outs. I think he, he's fine. Ryu has struggled off and on this season, mostly on. So this is a good opportunity for Strips to show that he is still a starting pitcher and can still do bulk at the very least. So good for him. I hope Ryu is okay. Um, mm -hmm, but again, yeah. he's, he's pitching hurt. And I, 
I don't want to say it, but I don't think he's the only one. I have my own tinfoil hat on somebody who's pitching right now who might be hurt. Yeah. But we haven't heard anything, so we're not going to dabble we in won't, speculation. We won't yeah, do that, yeah. We're not going to do that right now. I'm going to put the tinfoil hat away for now. Let's talk. Who do you want to talk about? I want to talk about Blue Jays catchers and the fact that they can't stop hitting. It's and insane. They, they won't stop. I, I can't remember a, t- a tandem or even a single catcher who was just ripping through pitchers the way that Danny Jansen and Alejandro Kirk are. It's yeah. insane. Kirky's on quite the run. Tell me about it. Um, the dude is just, he can't, he can't stop hitting. Like it's just, it's unreal that he's hitting like over 500, I believe in his last seven days. I'm just going to pull up that actual number. Uh, but That's yeah, Danny Jansen nice. has 50 plate appearances and seven home runs already. That's um, scary. Yeah. He's becoming fastly becoming the greatest baseball player of all time. <laughs> um, Kirk is hitting is just straight up hitting 300. Yeah, and he's, an everyday he's hitting hitter. 480 his last seven games over his last 30, 326 uh, OPS of just over nine, just over 1,000. I don't know, just over 900, sorry. Just about 1,000. I don't even know. Do you, I can't read. This, If you look <laughs> at his numbers, like if you didn't show me who this was, I would look at this and be like, if you're telling me this is a catcher, this, this guy would be at, at the very least a reserve at the All-Star game. Yeah, like he is, or would be on track because it's he hasn't played enough. But yeah, he's he's had 130 at bats, so probably like 150 plate appearances. I hit out some sites. He's had 153 plate appearances. What's um, his K percentage to walk percentage? <laughs> I don't know the Fangraphs is updated yet, but it's pretty ludicrous, isn't it? Yeah, he did strike out once today for certain. Um, yeah, but he's only struck out 40 times. He also walked today though too. But yeah, his 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 strikeout percentage is uh 8.7 and his walk percentage is 11.4. So That's sick. He's actually only struck out 40 times in his career so far. Yes. So if he never strikes out again and continues to play for another 17 seasons, he'll be about where Tony Gwynn was. <laughs> <laughs> That's how crazy good Tony Gwynn is. Yeah. Um so we're, we're 150 plate appearances in for Kirky, and he's already amassed 1.1 war. And that also includes positive defensive war this year, Patrick, which oh, he's been good. He, he, is a step he's up. chucked a few he's guys. He's throwing out base runners, yeah, which is What's great. What's his caught steal percentage? I can't. They see, these metrics don't show me what I want. Um, I'll tell you in a second here. Well, while you do that, I'll talk a little bit more about Alejandro Kirk. And what I really like about Kirk is that even though... 33%. 6 for 18. Six for, that's really good. That's yeah. above league average. Yeah, it is. Um, what I really like about Alejandro Kirk is that he, very similarly to Danny Jansen, is patient at the plate. He finds his pitch, he hits it, and he drives it. He had a lot of bad luck at the start of the year, and he had a lot of infield hits, and it was kind of silly, and we all laughed at it for a little <laughs> while. Tee-hee-hee. But... Real talk, uh, even though he had an 0 for 5 game against the White Sox uh, on June the 1st, not his best game at the plate, he's still, like you said, is hitting 480 yeah. in his last seven games. The slash is insane. He's got power to spare, and so does Danny. And we'll talk about Danny's chart in a second. But if you look at Alejandro Kirk's chart, 
there's a shitload of singles going the other way. Yep, he uses the other the opposite field like almost nobody on on this team, um, except for Bo maybe, who's very good at going the other way. But uh, yeah, no, it, it's it's crazy to see Kirky his. He is definition of a hitter that hits to all fields. Like you, you can't shift on him nope. as a defense. In fact, you're probably shifting your infielders the other way almost by the looks of the spray chart. And he doesn't. He, do, he doesn't chase. No, he does not chase. <laughs> uh, he is not a great runner. We don't have to talk about that. I don't want to poop on. I don't yeah. want to talk about the one negative thing. Um, but he's just he's a tough out. I love that. Yeah. You mentioned he'll, the he'll grind your pitcher. You mentioned the chase rate. I just want to talk about that for a second. It's it's at 24.8% this year. So one out of one out of four pitches out of the zone he's swinging at, he's making contact 81.8% of them. So when That's he is chasing, good. he's still he's fouling them off, he's putting them in play. He's battling. Yeah. Um the man is just doing a great job of working counts. We see a, he he he's one of the top Blue Jays in terms of pitches per plate appearance. And yeah, it's just, it's really, it's great to see um, the offense for Kirk come around. Cause yeah, he, he had a rough April, but his May and this first couple games in June have been unreal. Yeah. I just looking at his metrics and his, he's in the upper, like very high, like uh, upper percentiles of pitch framing too. Yeah. He's doing very uh, well. Who would have Who would have thought? Yeah. I never would have thought. I thought he was just basically a slugger <laughs> behind the plate, and he's doing so much more than that. He's a positive value defender, like you said. Yep. So is Danny, if I'm not mistaken. He is. Yeah. Less games played. Yeah. Yeah. Danny Jansen's only got 16 games and 50 plate appearances so far, so it's tough to. But he still has seven. Yeah. Home the interesting thing for me with Danny is he's hitting 283. His, but his batting average with balls in play, the BABIP is only 194. His expected batting average is actually 316. So he's actually having the victim of some bad luck. We saw those couple. He had a couple of warning track shots in LA, in Anaheim, yeah. that would have been home yeah. runs anywhere else pretty much. So um, it seems like when he is getting hits, <laughs> they're going for home runs. He's got 13 hits this year, uh, and seven of them are dingers. <laughs> so, so the the man the man hits his name is Big Al and he hits dingers. Um, he did. He uh he got the Gatorade or well maybe it was just water now. Yeah. He got the water Gatorade ice bucket shower at the end of the game yeah. on uh on Thursday or Wednesday, sorry, the 7 to 3 victory. Uh Strips got the win for that one by the way. He did. Uh Ryu came out of the game uh, like we talked about, he's already on the DL or the IL. Sorry, um, Ryu looked okay, but not great. Before uh, he did give up two hamburgers, um, but I think they were only solo shots. No, one was a two-run shot. Never mind. Um, and then yeah, the the pen basically just shut it down. They're like, nope, you're not getting anything else. And uh, we roughed up. Uh, Kopesh, which was really interesting. It could have been a lot worse, but the team didn't take advantage of a couple of opportunities where there were men on and less than two outs. Um, 
Do we want to talk about today's ass whooping? Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Let's first of all let's talk about who I think is one of the most underrated power hitters in baseball today. Tasker Hernandez came back from injury. He struggled at the beginning, as most players normally do. Yep. Uh, in his last seven games, Tasker Hernandez is hitting three forty five with a four sixty seven on base. It's actually uh, three eighty five. Right, sorry. Uh, 467 OBP and a 654 slug with a home run, six RBIs, four walks to six strikeouts. We, we already know. You know what you're getting with Tausker Hernandez. He's going to strike out. He struck out today with the bases loaded. He looked really mad about it at the end. Yeah. He wanted he wanted to smoke that ball uh, into the restaurant. He, he was pissed. <laughs> uh, it was awesome to see. He still had two RBIs today yep. from his uh, ding-dong. And he also had a ground rule double to start that uh, inning off, if I remember. That's right. Yeah. Uh, it's nice it to see yeah. him doing what he's doing, you know? He like, is, again, I can't I can't say this enough, man. I know, like, the numbers, like, he's still hitting 210. Uh, and, and the numbers aren't quite there, but it's only 100 at-bats. If you, yeah. if he had as, if he didn't miss as much time as he did, I, I do think that he would have better numbers. And I do think he will still compete for a silver slugger. It's nice to see him heating up when Vladdy is cool because you can't. It's tough to have two hitters in your top four not doing well yeah. at the same time. Um, yes. Can should yeah. we go back to uh, the catchers for a second and Danny mm-hmm. Jansen and the big home run that really kind of changed the game yeah yesterday's game for sure uh what was it two to one at the time or something and danny hits the home run and makes it a five run game kaboom yeah he got a hanging pitch and he didn't miss it uh he and he's, he's been he hasn't been missing many pitches this year it seems that danny jansen has done a better job of of working counts his strikeout rate through 50 play appearances is 16 percent his career average is 20.3. So, I mean, he is striking out less. He is also walking less, but again, it's 50 plate appearances and he keeps hitting bombs. So we're not going to worry about that too much. No, I mentioned Alejandro Kirk, who in 153 plate appearances has a 1.1 war. Danny has a 0.8 through 50. So he's on pace for 2.4 war in 150 plate appearances, which would be like Mike Trout levels. Um, so he's probably not going to do that, but when he does, please don't be surprised because Danny Jansen is the greatest baseball player of all time. Uh, we are, we're not, are we a quarter of the way through the season now? Uh, not quite. There it needs, we need 52 games and we're no, not quite there. A we need two more games. Is, a quarter, it would be. Oh yeah. A third, a third of the way through is in two more games. Sorry. Okay, I was just going to say... You can't really do has, an easy quarter of 162 because it'd be 40, yeah. 40.5. Kirk has, Kirk has three home runs and Danny has seven. Seven. So ten home runs from our... From those two. And then Zach Collins two. had a couple or a few. And then Collins had a few. Yeah. So. so we're on pace to get some very close to 40 home runs from our catchers. Which would be insane (laughs) that's how you win baseball games that's how you win playoff series is by getting production that far down your lineup especially since when you factored kirk's hitting like fifth in this lineup most days so that's also true bullpen stabilization too let's talk about that adam simber totally fine now jimmy garcia totally fine i'll even give credit to to uh julian merriweather he uh recorded a hold 
in the six to five win. That was yeah. a yippee ki yay. Uh, we went into that uh, <laughs> that inning think expecting an adventure. He did give up two hits, but he also struck out two, uh, and they were both off of really impressive work with his slider. Yeah. I don't know why, but guys are keyed in to his fastball. It does not matter that he throws at 98. Guys are keyed in on it. They can't hit his slider. Doesn't so matter how good you how hard you throw if your location is bad. Yeah, it's it's either a meatball or then he throw he's got a very good slider, so like he'll figure it out with the fastball. I think he's earned at least one more shot. Uh and and he earned it with the hold. For sure, because they obviously with the uh, with Ryu going to the IL and I think there was one other move. Uh, we saw the return of everybody's favorite tax attorney, Trent Thornton, <laughs> was back, and he concluded the game today with uh, two strikeouts and an inning pitched, one walk, uh, which he really he missed the strike zone uh, by a notable margin. But I don't I I get what he was trying to do. He looked fine. I think Trent Thornton belongs in the bullpen. I know we've argued about this off mic a million times. I want to hear your reasoning why you'd rather have eight Julian Merriweathers as opposed to one Trent Thornton, but go ahead. <laughs> I don't want to say anything about Trent Thornton. I know, I'm just being a dick by setting you up to have to defend yourself. No, I, I What just... is it that you don't like about Trent Thornton? He he shows these flashes of competence and then yes. and then he will go on and have three or four less than competent appearances in a row sometimes and okay. it's just for me it's I, I it's the same thing with ryan brecky where i just don't understand the attachment to these kind of players who like yeah trent thornton we, we always say he was in an impossible situation in 2019 he was a starter on a shitty team and he had an ERA just under five, and we give him. We, we talk about like like he deserved to win a Cy Young. Who said that? I'm I'm not saying it's you. I'm saying like Blue Jays fans. <laughs> like well, Blue pe- Jays fans are lunatics. Yes, we I are mean, all lunatics. Yes. I'll say this. Okay, let's circle back for a second. Trent Thornton didn't really get too much playing time in Buffalo while he was down. He was gone for a month. Um. I'm just going back to his MLB page. His numbers this year are pretty okay. He uh, did have a, a not great outing against Cleveland on May the 7th, where he walked three dudes uh, and eventually uh, was on the hook for two runs. But walks are a problem. Yeah, he's, he's pitched in... One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten games this year, and has given up runs in four of them. That's better than and has had a clean bit. a clean inning where he hasn't allowed a base runner in none of them. <laughs> so it's yeah, the, but there's always it's always an adventure when he's out there. You don't it, it, this is why he he should only be used in games like today where there is a four or five run lead. Because you know that if he puts a guy on and gives him a home run, you still, you're still winning by a few. Low leverage. Yeah, extremely low leverage. Like he's a guy that I would not trust with a one or two run lead. Even, even I trust a three him. run lead, I wouldn't even trust him. 
I trust him more than I trusted Ryan Baraki, Julian Merriweather, and Trevor Richards. Easily. I would argue the Richards thing, but... Tell me about uh, Trevor Richards' most recent performance. Yeah, so it, it wasn't good. <laughs> and, and yeah, and relievers no, are going to No, the reason why it. I'm bringing it up, Justin, is because it was actually during this series. Yeah. He... And it's not fair... Like, I'm not just doing this, because actually, if you look at his performances previous to this one... He had had uh, five appearances in a row where he looked really, really good. Yeah. And then for whatever reason, I don't understand what happened. The wheels just fell off yeah. immediately. Yeah, and this happens to relievers. We saw, we've seen Jordan Romano have a few rough appearances this season too, right? Even the most, remember when the the Jays were in New York and Araldis Chapman walked three batters below the bases? Like, yes. Sometimes the best relief pitchers in baseball will have a dud. And Trevor Richards is not among the best relief pitchers in baseball, by any means. I'm not saying that. But he's among the very good relief pitchers in baseball, and they're very consistent. And yeah, he's had a few outings this year that haven't been great either. But the larger sample size with Richards, the guy's allowed four home runs this year, two in each month so far. And the two that he allowed in May were both to Seattle in that Seattle series in Toronto. And then in April, one was the one was against the Yankees, and oh sorry, he allowed two against Houston in one game. So I mean, like he seems to have like these these blunders, where he'll have like just like one or two bad outings, and then he's great for like two weeks. Yep, I would so, agree completely. And I mean, with you that. have we saw Jose Barrios throw one third of an inning on opening day, like oh, don't remind me. The most consistent of starters can get hit around. Any day, really, if you if you don't have your A game and teams take advantage for one bad inning, right? It's just yes, yeah. If you don't if you don't come in as a reliever and if you're not on your game, you're pitching to three batters for sure. And if you're not ready or if you're not feeling it that day, those three batters are going to do damage against you. It's pretty much inevitable. It's so. in the Trent Thornton versus Trevor Richards uh, debate. It's really uh, the only argument that. Uh, anti-Trevor Richards uh, people would have is just a straw man about the most recent performance. Yeah. Um, But in reality, I think, I honestly think both these guys are fine. Yeah. They're both, like, Trevor Richards is a medium leverage pitcher. Yes, yeah, I would say yes. He's mid-innings. I would still, I still trust him with a three run lead, but I won't be throwing him out there in like a one run game. No. For the no. most part. Unless unless it's like a game after Romano, Garcia, and, and Simber have all pitched and or Meza when he's healthy. I but, think yeah, but yeah. as long as uh, Ryu is out, Strips moves into the Ryu role. And I yep. think whether you like it or not, I think Butters is probably the guy who gets bulk calls. Because I don't calls, think yeah. any of the other starters real, or any of the other relievers are lengthened enough. While Butters probably is, although he hasn't thrown a lot this year so far, even when he was in Buffalo, I think he only threw a couple innings in Buffalo. Yeah, the the Jays month. did call up Jeremy Beasley today, who we are familiar with. He does have some time with the team in the past uh, past couple of years. Um, he was he's been pretty good in Buffalo. I will say that Beasley pitched a couple of games with the Jays last season. Patrick, he had eight games last year. Didn't do well in those games, but nope. in the minor leagues this year, he's he's been pretty decent. The 
He's got a 101 ERA in 12 games, including three starts. I'm not sure how deep he went in those games, but in 26.2 innings, he's allowed only three earned runs. He's walked eight and struck out 31. So he's been he's been doing well in AAA. He's always done well in AAA in his career, though, which you can say about a lot of players. Do you think that he is, uh, for now, uh, a low-leverage Relief yeah, I would say low. I would say he's the same sort of relief as Trent Thornton. He's a low leverage, give you a couple innings type of guy. Like he's got twelve appearances and twenty six point two innings, so you can give you two innings of an appearance, basically. That's not terrible. No, he's, but he's, it's he's, not he's, enough he's, to be like a bulk. He's replacing the Ross Stripling role basically, because Stripling will give you two to three innings, and well, what's Butters doing then? I thought the same Butters thing. was replacing. Stripling. They'll, they'll oh, have, I see. Because Thornton's, Thornton's been in the bullpen anyway. He was there before we, yeah, we got right. hurt, right? Yeah, yeah. So, okay, it's just um, uh, yeah. They're just gonna have they have two of those guys down there for little for low leverage, bulk work, mop up damage and blowout type type of pitchers. <laughs> I'm fucking thrilled that romano only had to make one appearance during yes. this the dude needs a fucking break yes it's great that they were able to give him two games off in this series he hasn't had a clean inning in a while too now i'm not doing this just to be a dick he had oh no his last appearance was a clean inning yeah i forgot i forgot about that never mind i take it back <laughs> he's had some adventures and of course everybody remembers that stupid ass walk off in houston and stupid ass walk off in new york uh other than that i think he leads the league and saves yes with 16 he's steadily climbing that list of all-time saves for toronto blue jays he currently has 41 which puts him ninth all-time Behind Mike Timlin with 52. Kelvin Escobar with 58. B.J. Ryan. Remember B.J. Ryan? Jesus Christ. Uh, with 75. Casey Jansen. That's a deep cut. Yep. Uh, Billy. <laughs> Billy. What's with our guys and goatees? Billy Coke. Billy Koch. 100. Uh, another guy with 104. Dwayne Ward with 121. That's World Series champion Dwayne Ward. I'll thank you very much. And then the Terminator with 217, Tom Hankey, at the top of the list. We have a lot of control on Romano. I, I hate saying that, but uh, he's nowhere close, if I recall correctly, to like the end of team control uh, of his contract. <coughs> Do you think he'll flirt with Hankey's record if he continues in the closer role? No, I, I still think Hankey is pretty untouchable at this point it's tough to it's tough to close for a long time in this league um it really is 217 is quite a lot especially when romano's at 41 right now like he would need another five four years i would say to catch that at his current pace just on the safe side i mean if he keeps up with his current pace and is closing every freaking third game it seems uh maybe he's got a chance in a couple of years to do it if he's getting 60 saves a year obviously but uh no. Yeah, closing closers like there's a lot of closers that'll flame out a lot quicker too from that role. It's tough. It, it's That's it's why stressful, Kenley Jansen man. Is a god. Yeah, it's stressful. Kenley Jansen, um, Chapman, I guess again is great. Uh, I'm gonna bring him up again. I'm sorry. Billy Wagner. Billy Wagner, obviously. Yep. Yeah. Mariano Rivera, the all-time great. 
Trevor Hoffman. Trevor Hoffman. We've been we've been very much so spoiled in the last twenty years with some of the best, most effective closers. Troy Percival mm-hmm. comes to mind. Eric Gagne, Canadian. Eric Gagne. Um, if you go back, like it's there's not that many yeah. in baseball history that have like stupid stats, like really high stats, like yeah. And it took forever for Lee Smith to get into the hall, and it was through the Veterans Committee, if I recall correctly. Yeah, Craig Kimbrell's another one that I forgot to mention. He's been good for a long he's time. He's still too. going. He's still with he's the, the Dadges now. This is like the this is the golden era, in my opinion, of relief pitching, where yeah. you're probably not going to get as much credit as those guys, because like a lot of those guys have 300 plus saves. It just doesn't exist anymore because you're rotating. You're, it's a lot of situational pitching now. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You're not just throwing your ninth inning guy out there. Uh, and they're not guys like Lee Smith who are like a friggin' workhorse. We'll give you lots and lots and lots and lots of innings and appear all the time. Yes. Uh, let's talk Twins. Yes. The Minnesota Twins. Yes. Come to town for three games. They start tomorrow. Friday the 3rd, 7.07 start time Friday night. Sweet. The Jays are sending Yusei Kikuchi to the mound against right-handed pitcher with a great name, Chi-Chi Gonzalez. I love that. It's a sick name. I love it. It is. Um, Chi-Chi, my dude, is not that great of a pitcher. I will just be blunt with you. He has experienced the the major leagues with the uh, Rockies and the Rangers in his career. He has not yet pitched in the big leagues this year. Uh, he's been with the Twins AAA team, but they had to play Sonny Gray on the IL with a right pectoral strain. So Chi-Chi is the guy who will be coming up. The Blue Jays are lucky they're not facing Sonny Gray because he is a good pitcher. Um, Chi-Chi, on the other hand, is not, like I mentioned. Uh, here are some of his numbers last year with the Rockies' Patrick Marsh. His average uh, fastball velocity last year was 92 he also throws a slider at 86 and a changeup at 84. Those are his top three pitches. He does have a cutter and a curve that he throws less than 10% of the time. Um, he gets good spin rates on his stuff, but his uh, K percentage, first percentile. Whiff percentage, first percentile. Chase rate, third percentile. Guys just don't get fooled by his stuff. Mm. Expected batting average of 314 against him last year um, with a... 542 expected slug and a 388 uh, expected weighted on base average. So people just get on base against this guy. He strikes out less than 13, 13% of batters, which equates to about five per nine innings. So you're not really going to worry about striking out. His fastball is a meatball. It's down the middle quite a bit. Uh, guys last year hit 328 against it. They hit 330 against his slider and 333 against his cutter. His best pitch was his changeup at a 130 batting average. But everything else in his repertoire was well over 300. So unless he has magically figured something out at age 30, this could be a, a boom shakalaka tomorrow. Yeah. Teoscar Hernandez is going to hit a 500-foot home run. <laughs> blow a hole through the, the roof of the, the window. Center. Of the restaurant. The restaurant doesn't have windows anymore. It hasn't in years. It's the I like, in my mind, it now. still does. He gonna blow <laughs> one through one of the hotel rooms. Or put a hole uh, in yeah. that fancy new scoreboard up there, too. Kaboom. Um, but yeah, this this is a guy who... The Blue Jays should have a field day off of. It should look like an all-star game home run derby tomorrow. 
is it going to be that bad? I sure hope so because it would be fun to have a laugher. Will you take the over if it, if it was like eight point five runs? Yes, oh, I would take Jesus. the I would take the over if it I would take an over if it was the Blue Jays team total of eight point five runs. I would take the <laughs> oh, over on that. Jesus Christ! I'm anticipating a like this guy if he gives them three innings tomorrow of scoreless baseball. I would be blown away. I think he's probably going to give them three innings anyway, but it might be ten runs. <laughs> like it's, oh, no. it's uh, this is this is a guy who they should stack their lineup with, uh, because there's this is hopefully Springer's back in there. He obviously he has a, a non-COVID related illness. We're speculating it's the poopy bum, just like it's Jordan the, Romano. It's the poo poo butt again. Yeah, he's got the poopy bum. Yeah. Um, the, him and Jordan probably shared a water bottle or something. That's disgusting. I, don't <laughs> think about that. I said in our chat that they pro- they probably have the type of guy who puts their lips on the water fountain when they drink out of it. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so hopefully George is back in there because he's primed for another leadoff dinger. Uh, let's talk about Santiago Espinal at leadoff. What the fuck? What a random experiment. And he I got mean, a leadoff home run. Yeah, he had a leadoff home run. Both leadoff hitters in the game yesterday had a leadoff home run, which is kind of cool. I mean, I'll take it, but what the fuck? Yeah, it was it was an interesting decision, but I mean, it, it makes sense. Uh, you don't really want to disrupt anybody else in the lineup because he's he was been, three for five today. Was three for five today. He had a great game today. Um, yeah, no, it's, it's nice to see a guy step up there and do some damage because that's what Springer does when he's up there. So, Vladdy breakout game incoming. Yeah, I, I think Vladdy's Vladdy seems like he's close. He had a, he had a home run yesterday. He had that double the right center today. Uh, both balls were on low pitches. We talked about off mic yesterday. I was sending you screenshots of every savant spray chart or every savant batting chart, basically of how Vladdy just can't hit low balls this year. Yeah. In the air. He just grounds everything. Um, he still hits them hard, but everything is just on the ground and it's not getting hits because of it. And he hit two low balls in the past couple of games for hits and one of them left the yard. So he smoked them. Yes. Absolutely good to see that. Them. Um, Kikuchi's been solid lately, Patrick. Uh, the guy has seemingly ditched his cutter completely. He's got the slutter now, as it's been termed, <laughs> which is the it, greatest name for a pitch of all time. It, it it sounds so dirty, but the intention is obviously not dirty. It's a slider it, cutter. <laughs> it's a, it is. That's exactly what it is. <laughs> it's really uh, it's really impressive to me because we were this was so we were so mad. So about bad. him throwing that fucking stupid cutter. ass cutter, most overrated pitch in the history of baseball. Yep. Um, if you have, if it's if your cutter is good, you're really really good pitcher. But when your cutter is bad, you look like a, a bum out there. Yeah. Trying to throw and it. look, Savant still thinks he has some work to do with his slider because people are hitting t- uh, three ten against it. Um, that's less than two hundred pitches that he's thrown with with that pitch. Yeah. They're only hitting 172 against his fastball and 043 against his changeup. Trust his goddamn fastball. He throws fastball 90. Change up, fastball change it's up, average to have 95 miles per hour. There are there are five left-handed pitchers who start in baseball who throw a harder fastball on average than Kikuchi. That was announced on the broadcast a couple days ago or a couple weeks ago. I don't know who they are. Hard and, to catch up to that. Yeah, it's, it's really hard, especially if it's a lefty. It's gas. Yeah, it's it is and, gas. And he has that deceptive delivery that we've talked about so many times, where he does a great job of hiding the ball. Um, That's what you got to do. That's how you. It, oh, man, that you be how you do. 
Yeah. We could do like a 12 part series about this. <laughs> delivery is really important. Yes. Um, and Kikuchi, what a surprise. I think we talked about this at least three times since yep. his poor performances against Houston. What a fucking surprise <laughs> against teams that haven't scouted the shit out of his stuff. Yusei Kikuchi is actually a really good pitcher. Yeah. Everybody can chill now. Yep. The mystery has been solved. Yep. That doesn't mean he's never going to have a bad outing again. But I don't know, man. I think lightning just happened to strike twice in the span of a week. Yeah. People were, people were sweaty. If you're going to be concerned about a starter, be concerned about Jose Barrios. But that's we'll talk about, we'll that, talk about that after... The weekend, yeah. Because we'll see how he see does. What he does. It's his former team. Hopefully, he pulls something out of his ass and throws well against them. But game two is Saturday afternoon. It's a one thirty-seven Eastern time start. Uh, Kevin Gossman for the Blue Jays should be Mister Consistent against Devin Smeltzer, a lefty for the Twins. Smeltzer, do you have these the order mixed me. up? That's Sunday's game. Oh, it is Sunday. I do. You're right. So Saturday is Brios and Bundy. You're right. I do have the order mixed up. So yeah, Saturday is 3.07 start time. Good call. Good catch. And it's Bundy versus Brios. So Brios (laughs) gets to pitch against the Twins. And the Jays get to see Dylan Bundy, who we are in depth and deep familiarity with from his time as a Baltimore Oriole, as well as a Los Angeles Angel, but mostly as an Oriole. Uh, Bundy so far this season is... Three and two with a four seven six ERA, Patrick. Uh, struggling. Struggling. He only has thirty four strikeouts so far this season, and that's in thirty nine innings. So he's less than a strikeout per inning. And that's uh, as a strikeout pitcher. Like that was his thing. That was his thing at, at when he first came up. He's striking out at just under twenty percent of batters. He's only he's walking only four point seven though. So he's going to be around the strike zone. Um. Good for Vladdy. Yeah, it's he's he's getting chases too. Like he he is in the chase. He's in the ninety seventh percentile for chases, but he's middle of the pack in most. What's his pitching percentage? I know this is catching you off guard. What's his secondary pitch right now? Uh, slider and changeup. Slider about twenty three percent. Changeup about sixteen percent. Oh man, we're gonna see a very steady uh, diet of yeah. blown away slider. He's not throwing hard either. Like eighty nine mile an hour fastball, seventy nine on the slide, eighty one on the change, seventy two on a curve that he uses less than ten percent of the time. So the fastball's been middle middle up. Uh, That's which is concerning good. for him. <laughs> yeah. Guys are hitting uh, 217 off of it this year, but the XBA is 265. They are crushing his secondary stuff, Patrick. 279 off the slider, 303 off the change, and 300 off his sinker, 333 off of his curveball so far this year. So he's going to have to work at using that 90-mile-an-hour fastball, 89-mile-an-hour fastball to get balls in play. Um, Just do, like, uh, for him, it'll all be about getting the fastball to ping the corner and yeah. then throwing that, that slider low and away and hoping that he gets the calls. Yeah. It's, he doesn't, he doesn't rely on his fastball a ton. Like he throws it just under 37% of the time. So two thirds of his pitches are secondary, um, which makes sense. because he's, he's only throwing 90, right? So, I mean, yeah, he's throwing a little more, more of the kitchen sink at you. His sinker doesn't really sink. Like his sinker, when he throws it, it's up in the zone, up and into righties. Oh. 
So, I mean, if he ever hangs one of those, his curveball is his best located pitch. His his heat map is like right on the outside corner for, for Rades. So you'll see a lot of those probably. He might throw more curveballs in this game. He hasn't thrown a ton of them this year. The slider, he's got two distinctive heat maps. One is on like the middle outside outside of the plate to righties, and one is down and away, which you would expect. So it seems like he kind of throws it in two different spots. But I'm I'm curious to see how he pitches to this Jays lineup. He's going to have to pitch a lot of inside, I think, and away, obviously, to righties. Yeah, but if that's elevated in the zone, that's yeah. going if he, yard. If he's missing his spots at all, I think you're going to see uh, some some boomers again. Do um, you know what's really frustrating? Because D- Dylan Bundy has had some good seasons. He is objectively, I think, a good pitcher. But he has sure. at least one pitch right now that he's throwing that guys are just teeing off on. I don't get why... I, pitchers are cling to keeping pitches in their repertoire so much when they just stop working yeah i, I don't get it. that question either but i mean only a pitcher can but and there are often you can there's very resistant to making changes to their delivery or whatever their mm-hmm. mechanics it's worked wonders in toronto yeah pete walker pete walker i don't know what he does he mystifies pitchers and gets them to change their delivery. He fixed Robbie Ray, got him a Cy Young. Um, go figure, Robbie Ray right now is really struggling in Seattle. Mm-hmm. Uh, he helped Ross Stripling get his groove back. Uh, he helped Kikuchi after he scuffled, uh, yep. drop the cutter, focus on this the slider-cutter hybrid. Lo and behold, it's working for Kikuchi. That pitch has play. It's effective. I just don't get... I don't know. In Toronto, it's different. Guys seem to be willing to make those changes. Which makes me hopeful that Jose Barrios will make the adjustments he needs yeah. to. Because something is we'll, up with him. Man. We'll see how this game goes for Barrios. And if it doesn't go well, or even if it does, we, we'll, we'll definitely talk about him on Sunday's show. Yeah. In more depth. Um before I jump the gun and start talking about Smeltzer, who is the guy who will be pitching on Sunday, um, so he's a he's a lefty for the Twins, Patrick, which is interesting. He's also uh, got the best numbers out of any of these starters who are going to be pitching this year, or this series for the Twins, excuse me. He's also only throwing 90 miles an hour, though, as this average fastball. But unlike the other guys, he um, he's got better... Sp- Statcast numbers. He's still not going to be a strikeout pitcher. So the Blue Jays are not facing a good strikeout pitcher at all as a starter this series. Good. So we should see some balls in play. None of these guys, though, outside of, of Gonzalez, uh, Smeltzer and Bundy are both very good at not walking batters. They don't walk a ton of guys. So there should be some balls in play. There will be balls to hit. Um, Smelter's off to a really good start. He's getting a lot of chases. Not getting a lot of whiffs, though. He doesn't have, a, he doesn't have swing and miss stuff. But guys don't barrel him up. They don't slug well against him. So this is going to be a game, I think, on Sunday where the Jays may have to small ball their way to victory. And we've seen them do this in recent games where they will string together three, four hits, so draw some walks, uh, move some runners around. But he's got an 083 whip this year, does Smeltzer in 24 innings. So he's not giving up a ton of base runners. Um, Fastball, changeup, curveball, slider, but 
the first three pitches, the fastball 43%, change at 28, curveball just under 25. So he's a three-pitch pitcher, essentially. He's only thrown nine sinker, or nine sliders and seven sinkers this year, so those aren't even really in his repertoire. Uh, and, the, and he spots them pretty well. So this is going to be a guy where, uh, interestingly enough, he threw his changeup last year more than his fastball. He's changed that this year. He's throwing the fastball more than the changeup, but he's also added the curveball up from 1.9% to 24.4% this year. So the curveball's been the key for him. Less changeups, more curveballs, and that's helped him really come from a guy who um, wasn't starting at all. He started four games, or excuse me, started one game uh, back in 2020. He's never started more than six games in his career in a season. And he's now started, he's four for four so far this year in games he's, he's pitched in, in terms of starts. No home runs allowed. Only 16 hits in those 24 innings. Four walks and 12 strikeouts. So, don't expect a ton of base runners. The, the Sunday's game could be a lower scoring game, obviously, with him versus Gosman. How do you feel about Kevin Gosman's most recent performances? Uh, there, I've seen. I'm not giving this credibility. I'm just saying, I've seen some scuttle about Kevin Gosman is is may, maybe cooling off. I I don't agree necessarily with that. I'm just expressing what I've seen. He still has an astronomically low whip. His record is very deceiving. Yeah. Uh, he's obviously better than five and three. It was the same when Jacob Degrom was like ten and nine, but his ERA was like <laughs> zero eighty five or something stupid. Yeah, like what yeah. the fuck are you supposed to do if you're not getting um, run support? Yeah, I mean, I I can see why people are a little bit concerned about Gosman, but I mean, if you look at his his starts this year, he hasn't. The only game he's allowed four runs in, only three of them were earned. That was over seven innings. Uh, his next time out, he allows two over five. And then this last time out, he was three runs over six innings. And he was he was definitely battling things. But again, he only gave up one walk. Like He's he's only walked two batters in a start once this, once this year. And that was in St. Louis when he went six short innings, only gave up four hits and struck out eight. Yeah, so, he's not pitching. He's not as hot as he was at the start of the yeah, year, but he's still pitching as well as any other pitcher. We shouldn't expect him to throw eight innings and strike out eight every time he goes out there. Yeah. If you're getting quality, <laughs> if you're getting six innings of three runs or less, that's deemed a quality start. And that's what you want your starters to give you more times than not. And there's only been, outside of his first two starts where he went five and five and two thirds, he's only gone less than. He's never gone less than five innings this season. Two of his last three starts have been only five innings. Uh, but the Jays have also won two out of three of those games. And the game that they didn't win, he only gave up two runs over those five. So it wasn't his fault that they lost. You no, know? not at all. So I don't know. I, I I don't think that there's anything to worry about there, personally. No, I don't either. But it was it was brought up. I've seen it on Twitter. And I know like Toronto Blue Jays fans are nuts. Uh, as I like to say, nuttier than squirrel shit at times. Gossman's fine. He's, I think he's been eclipsed as our best starter. I think Alec Manoa's scary good so far this year. He is proving my Cy Young prediction. But Kevin Gossman uh, has been tremendous. He's going to be up there in the voting for sure. As long as he continues, uh, what do you think is a successful series against the Twins? 
What do you want out of this seat? Uh, this well, I shouldn't say what do you want because obviously we want to sweep it. But realistically, what would you take from this? What would be acceptable? Uh, two to three. I think that I think you've you you want to for sure win the first two games of this series against the caliber of starting pitching that the Twins are throwing out. Yeah. Um, I would I would expect to to thump those two pitchers personally, unless they're yeah. having the game of their career. There's really <laughs> no possible. reason where the Jays. Yeah, and there's there's it's not it's not impossible. That's for sure. There's no reason that the Jays shouldn't be able to walk all over those first two guys in Gonzalez and Bundy. Yeah, I'm not really afraid of the pitching at all. Yeah. It's more the hitting, but with no Carlos Correa. And yeah, we're not we're not sure if he's going to be back. He if for people who missed that he's he's been placed on the COVID IL a couple of days ago. So if he's able to test negative two times in 48 hours or something like that, I think is the rule he can return. We don't know if he actually has the Rona or if he's like asymptomatic or it was it was a false positive, who knows, but We'll find out when he, when the rosters are announced tomorrow. But yeah, that's that's one guy. That's right, and there may possibly be uh, some more players who get put on the restricted list. Yeah, the non-vaxxers. Yeah, I'm kind of. I don't know, man. I mean, it it it's. I guess it's to our advantage and to the Twins' disadvantage, but. It just seems like a stupid hill to die on at this point. The Twins are, are struggling and co- coming in to play the hottest team in baseball. You really want to be leaving some of your, your best players behind because they're not willing to get a big, mean, nasty needle. Like, Jesus Christ. They must not love baseball. <laughs> or They don't love they winning, that's for sure. Yeah, or they don't love winning. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Yeah, but, um, but yeah, that's uh, that's the twin series, Patrick. We'll we'll see how it goes. I'm excited to see how Brios does against his former team. Hopefully, it's a good outing for him because he definitely needs a bounce back. I'll give you two bold predictions. Number okay. one, Tasker Hernandez will hit at least three home runs during this series. Wow. Uh, my other bold prediction will be that Santiago Espinal hits, gets at least six hits. Whew. That's that's bold. I like what I saw today. I'll make a like prediction it. that the Blue Jays don't use Jordan Romano a single time in this series. Oh God, yes, please give, give the that man, man a break. Give the man a weekend off. Give him. He'll be mad though. He'll he will be, be mad. He'll be. He will literally be bouncing off the walls of the bullpen. Yeah. Trying to like <laughs> punch his way through that like the cage to get yeah. on. Yeah. It'd be funny if they put like a combo lock on those bullpen like gates to the field that only like the bullpen coach knows. And you could just <laughs> so see Romano Romano's up there just like guessing it the entire weekend. Yeah. He just he just wants out so bad. Um <laughs> I like that bull prediction, but I feel like we probably will see him at least once. Yeah. I, we I'm, don't I'm want hoping... him to get ice cold. No, we don't, but I'm hoping that he gets at least two or three games off, just like he did in this series. Because the Jays headed on the road after this to Kansas City and Detroit. Oh, uh, give me those fucking games! I can't wait. And then we go to ball, and then we have four at home against Baltimore after that. So we may never lose again. This is a stretch <laughs> of games, especially after this weekend. There are uh, going to be ten games against the Royals, Tigers, and Orioles in a row, 
and those are teams who are not not good baseball teams. Yeah. And then you I'm the not Yankees overlooking that, the Twins. So. My I that was only a joke. Yeah. About we may never obviously the stretch after that is tough though, Patrick. It's Yankees, White Sox, Brewers, Red Sox, and then Tampa. We've so, beaten up fifty percent of the teams you just mentioned. But those are those are teams who are playoff contenders and are the leading White their Sox? divisions. The White Sox will be when they're healthy, yes. Yeah, you're right. Uh, they are not healthy right now. They didn't have Tim Anderson. They don't have Lance Lynn yet. He hasn't pitched at all this year. They just got Luis Robert back. So they're they're gonna be fine. I'm not worried about the White Sox as a as a team overall. They do have Tony Russo working against them though, because he's a terrible manager. Um, he's <laughs> just too damn old. He's senile. He forgets where it he is. It took him 45 time. minutes to get out to to the. Man, he thought there was catcher's interference in the game today. It was a foul ball. Uh, I don't know. The guy's crazy. But anyway, that's gonna be it for us. We'll be back on Sunday at the conclusion of the finale. Hopefully, we can talk about a a great performance from Kevin Gosman. Uh, in that in that series finale, and hopefully a series win or a sweep for the Blue Jays as they look to keep their winning streak alive at eight games right now, Patrick, which is a a good stretch. I can't wait for the Jays inevitable. They're gonna they're gonna lose again at some point, and I can't wait for the fire Charlie Montoyo comments and on Twitter again after that one game. But oh my Jesus! If you're fun. if you're calling for Charlie Montoyo's head <laughs> at this point, you are you're either you're either making a joke or you're dumb or you're yeah you're not smart so. Less than you're not. You're, smart you're a lower reason. intelligent life form. Uh, okay, that's harsh. <laughs> hey, I mean it's the same thing as saying they're dumb, Patrick. Anyway, for Patrick out in Halifax, Justin here in Saskatoon. Find us on Twitter, BFMD Podcast, or hosted on Anchor. You can listen there. You can listen on Spotify, Google, Apple, and wherever you get your podcasts. The website is bfmdpodcast.com. Send us your plant-based recipes. We'll talk to you Sunday after the Jays game.